This is Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. I'm your host, Amanda Baki. Appalachian Vibes is a show dedicated to challenging the expectations and celebrating the diversity of music created in and around Appalachia. This week, my guest is Dr. Bacon, the Asheville funky rock and roll six-piece with a decade of growth under their belt. Dr. Bacon started playing together in 2012 on King Street and Boone as a three-piece, busking acoustic bluegrass, folk, and 90s pop rock hip-hop influenced music. Now they fill music halls across the southeast. That's the next hour on Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. You're listening to Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. I'm your host, Amanda Baki. My guest this week is the Appalachian funk, grass, rock and roll six-piece outfit from Asheville, North Carolina, Dr. Bacon. I'm speaking with Miles Dunder, original member, saxophonist, guitarist, and singer-songwriter for the band. Tell me everything about Dr. Bacon. (laughs) Okay, you want me to start from the beginning? When... I went to college at Appalachian State University in Boone, North Carolina. I met Michael Crawford as a dorm mate, um, and we started trading music. And then I also had and have a friend uh, named Blake Bostain. He was a mandolin player and guitar player that I met through the marching band at Appalachian State. And we were talking about wanting to do something music-related, kicking around a whole bunch of ideas. And then we met this guy, Jesse Talbot who was playing at Murphy's pub in Boone, North Carolina, sitting in the back, strumming an acoustic guitar and drinking beers that he had brought with him um, until he got kicked out of the pub. And we realized like, Hey, I I think this guy ought to be our lead singer. He had a couple originals and we had been kicking around a couple ideas and we started learning covers first to kind of like get our footing. And we were playing a brunch gig. They kind of didn't really care what we played they just knew like you know that we 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 would come in with and we were playing acoustic at that point with a couple acoustic guitars and a mandolin um and michael wasn't even playing with us he was our manager and he was serving at the restaurant he got us the connection for the brunch show and uh he eventually started practicing the harmonica on his way to work um and he would kind of be taking someone's order and then be like oh this is a solo section just a second and he'd go and do his thing um and he quickly became our harmonica player as well. And we started playing original tunes, some silly, some not so silly, and some covers, some of which we still play, some of which we definitely don't. But we were very much kind of dialed into the Boone aesthetic at that point, which was there's a lot of vibes around Old Crow Medicine Show and around um, the Avid Brothers. And the big pop sound at that time was stuff like Mumford and Sons. and so people wanted to hear acoustic versions of anything, you know, we, we could, we could pull out covers of, of old nineties songs and hip hop songs and play them on the streets of Boone, kind of like what old Crow medicine show was doing with like the classic Appalachian, you know, the real roots music, like the, your, your doc Watson's and your, your Tony Rice's and, and Peter Rowan's and things like that. I guess Peter Rowan's not so Appalachian, but you, you know what I mean? And um, we were kind of, doing that enough that we could play at house parties without amplifiers, without a drummer, without anything. And Boone had really strict noise ordinances. So people kind of 
got to know us as this band that would just pull out acoustic guitars and and mandolins and a harmonica and make things happen at these these keggers around around Boone, North Carolina. Sometimes more in city limits than like an actual rock band could could pull off. And that's how we got our footing for sure. Um, and we had a revolving door musicians at that point, no solid bass player, really just people who would sit in no solid drummer, just some percussionists that like to play with us. Um, we had a jaw harp player for a while, uh, where he, he would just play the jaw harp. That was difficult. That became difficult when we started using microphones. Um, <laughs> how do you even hear a jaw harp over? You don't all, all the other instruments. You don't. Um, it was, it was, it was a really interesting thing because he would like walk around the party and play the jaw harp while we were playing. So like, you'd kind of get the jaw harp depending on where you were standing. Uh, as it, it was fun. Um, he, he's, he's still a good, a good buddy of mine. Uh, but he was among the, the many musicians that kind of came and went as we were in Boone. I actually think that that was pretty healthy for us. Cause we got to know a whole bunch of different, you know, musician archetypes through that, like how certain people work and how certain people don't work. As we were doing this, we kind of like, started flirting with the idea of like, Hey, you know, we should electrify this. It's really difficult to perform this live when we have to mic everything up with individual microphones. And there's types of music that we're trying right now is this little kind of acoustic combo that aren't going to work unless we have like, say an electric guitar, or at that point I was starting to pull out my saxophone and saxophone wasn't really like gelling so much with a, completely acoustic band like it would work sometimes um but the horns quickly became something that was like a gateway to more music that we couldn't do without plugging in and it was easier for sound engineers to deal with electric instruments than when we come up with no amplifiers maybe a couple pickups taped to our instruments that are worth like seven dollars like you know we we yeah, they had really... to hate you guys. <laughs> oh my gosh. The, the, there are sound guys from those early days that still know us. And I'm surprised they talked to us because uh, we, we were a nightmare. We still aren't like, like sound guys still see our, our advanced sheet and they're like, Ugh, but I, we always let them know, like, there's a lot of parts, but they fit together very easily. Like uh, it, it all kind of interlocks like an Ikea set. <laughs> mix this, mix this acoustic guitar and this really loud horn section. Yep. <laughs> they're like, no. Yep. And we had two horns at the time too, because Blake was playing the trumpet and I was playing the saxophone and it was just, it was starting to become a challenge. And so we, we eventually landed our first solid full-time bass player and drummer. Um, and from there, we, we started kind of also musically exploring. Michael and I started exploring more into jam music, both like local and also like the the real thing, like the, the, the big popular, um, worldwide jam music, like, you know, you got your, your fish, your grateful dead, your string cheese incident. Um, and then other bands that were starting to come up and around at the time, like pigeons playing ping pong. And we learned about uh, big something and the mantras and consider the source and all these other bands that were kind of in the scene that we, we didn't even realize was as big as it was. We just heard about these bands playing. We're like, Oh, there are other bands, but there was a thing going on. And Michael and I went to our first big what in 2012 or 2013. Um, and we, from there got to know a bunch of those bands that I just listed. And, and I feel like very early on started making friends and that's kind of what helped facilitate this change from like acoustic bluegrass, mostly covers party unplugged band to more of an electric 
band experience with elements of that. We didn't leave that behind. Well, I'd love to hear about the song Pancakes. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about Pancakes. <laughs> I love this song. Um, who is this? Okay. First of all, who wrote it? This is Jesse. Okay. Jesse. Um, I think that the music came together together as a group. This is one of the first tunes that we wrote as a band, like, like in terms of constructing it. Uh, he, he wrote these lyrics very, very quickly that they, they, they came out of him. I'm, I'm sure it's like, uh, kind of like the Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin said that like the devil gave them stairway to heaven or something like that. And Coolio says that like, he went into a trance when he wrote gangster's paradise where he, his eyes just rolled back in his head and he, he just kind of the words scribbled out of his hand naturally. Uh, this, this, this very much just came together in a basement in Boone after a night at the bar. And there's a bluegrass standard that we had heard that was like, mama's not dead. She's only asleep. Or something like that. And that turned into, does your mama like pancakes in the morning? Pretty quickly. Um, and according to Jesse, it is based on true story. A friend of his did have a very attractive mother. And he came of age kind of learning what kind of dynamic that can create in a friendship. And how that can get complicated. But at the end of the song, he makes you think that he got with you know, that he got with his mom. I don't know if that actually happened, but it's definitely more fun in the song if it does. I was like, oh, did he actually? Uh, that was my number one But he's going to treat her right, though. That's the important part. That's right. What kind of pancakes you like? <laughs> Let me ask your son real quick. I like blueberry pancakes and banana pancakes the best personally. But <laughs> that's always up to up to individual opinion. <laughs> that's yeah. That song is hilarious. I, um, I really dig that one. We always kind of saw it as our, as our Stacy's mom. <laughs> Does your mama like pancakes in the morning? Cause I'm staying here tonight. Blueberries or chocolate. I'll put on there. First time I seen her looking fine Never could put my finger on it And I knew I just want to make her mine So does your mama like pancakes in the morning Cause I'm staying here tonight Blueberries or chocolate I'll put on them And I just want to treat her See that hunger in her eyes Always the 
wishes So I could stand by her all night So does your mama like pancakes in the morning Cause I'm staying here tonight Blueberries on chocolate, I'll put on them And I just wanna treat her quickly figured out that Boone was in a little tight for us. Uh, we, there wasn't jobs for us or our significant others, and people weren't going to the shows as often. And when we'd ask our friends, like, why didn't you come to the Dr. Bacon show? They'd be like, oh, well, I can come see you next week. We set our sights on Asheville because we had been going to shows in Asheville. Um, Michael and I, before we, we started the band, we were kind of into electronic music a, a little bit more than we are these days. I'm, I'm definitely an old man when it comes to that scene. Uh, when I talk to folks these days, I feel it. Uh, but we went and saw bands like 12th Planet and Big Gigantic and Skrillex at the Orange Peel. And that was like our introduction to Asheville, an introduction to, to what that place was like. And we quickly realized like this city's about the size of Durham near where we grew up. And it's right on the highways instead of having to drive an hour and a half through the mountains to get anywhere, which Boone is like tucked away. It's really difficult to travel out of there unless you want to go to Winston-Salem. We uh, started flirting with the idea of going to Asheville and eventually we were able to make the move. But pretty quickly after we moved there, uh, a few of our bandmates decided not to be a part of the project anymore. Um, And it was sad to see him go. But at the same time, like thinking back on it, they all had great reasons to not want to do it. 
um, you can't hold anything against them. Like, like it, it was definitely what they needed. And it in a way was what we needed because every single time people left the band, we would replace them with other people that were more dedicated or would like bring something else to the table to help us grow. Um, and we've done that a few times since we've, since we've been in Asheville, always with a kind of core of musicians at this point, we've got from the original band, myself, Michael Crawford and Jesse Talbot. And then we've had our drummer Ben new for a very long time as well. He's been in the band about six years or five or six years. How long have y'all been together? Like total? It'll be 10 years at new year's this year. Um, and we were jamming a little bit together before then, but that was the first time that I'd say we had a Dr. Bacon concert. So things have like really shifted. Oh yeah. And I mean, then there's the whole Asheville thing, which like, you know, I told you, like we, we started like learning about the local jam scene and kind of rubbing elbows at that. And it changed our sound. When we moved to Asheville, it changed again because we realized that the folky stuff that we were doing in Boone, like people thought it was okay around here. Like, you know, you can go play that in a coffee shop, but if you wanted to fill the actual musical, if you wanted to play to a field full of people at the Bywater RIP, um, then you wanted to have something with a heavy groove. You wanted to have something that was outrageous. And we kind of very quickly realized that like we were standing on top of bluegrass as like a bedrock, but we didn't really have a pedigree in that. And it's an interesting influence that we can bring to the table, but it's not exactly who we are or who we're going to be successful as. And we realized something that we did understand and that all of us had a history and was rock and roll, just rock and roll in general and funk. We all, we all love funk music and we all love just soul music and blues music. And we basically realized like with this combination of other things that we enjoy, we we've already built this kind of little bluegrass combo that can jam, but what else can it do? And as we got other musicians, we realized what else it could do. Um, and started writing in more of like a funky rock and roll element that also had traces of that bluegrass and roots that we love so much in Boone and that we got to know and that we kind of bastardized into our sound. Silly, I'm gonna do your push-ups, bro. 
was Maddie by Dr. Bacon off their album, Fast and Loose with the Essentials. Our interview continues in just a moment on Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. Now in this iteration of your band, you still have a banjo player. What's what's the iteration at this point in, um, in Asheville look like now? Yeah, Tuck, Tucker uh, left around like when we moved to Asheville, um, he was in the band for, for about a year after we moved to Asheville. And, um, when he left, we kind of tried to stray away from doing anything that was like kind of authentically bluegrass, just because we literally didn't have anybody in the band that was that type of picker. Um, and we did get him back on fast and loose at the essentials to record banjo on pancakes. Um, because we love them and we felt like we kind of needed that song, uh, to have, to have that vibe. But I'd say since he left, we've definitely been in more of a funk rock jam rock. And even recently, like a heavy rock, like a heavy, heavy metal type thing. Um, we've written a couple rootsier tunes since then. Um, but we're really kind of trying to like, see where else we can cover in terms of genres like we've always wanted and like from from the beginning wanted to kind of be like a swiss army knife type type of band where you know you can pull out a whole bunch of different tricks and a whole bunch of different tools that you can use uh, to build vibes you know it's like like being a little vibe architect so it's me and i play saxophone guitar and i sing some and then there's jesse talbot and he plays the guitar and some trombone and he does lead vocals. And then we've got Michael Crawford and he's originally our harmonica player, but he has picked up the keys and the synthesizer recently. And he's very good at it. That guy, he, he, he took some lessons and now he's to the point where he's teaching himself and he's, he's picked that thing up about as easily as he picked up the harmonica. Um, and then we've got Ben new on the drums. And then we've got Rory Joseph on the electric guitar and vocals. He's kind of our lead shreddy guitar guy and also great vocalist and songwriter. He's, he's incredible. And then we've got Matthew Gornto on the bass. And he's also an incredible guitar player. And he's been our producer for the, I think, every release that we have on Spotify, at least. He, uh, not, not the creature, uh, but the Cobra and Fast and Loose, the Essentials, he produced. Um, so he's, he's an extremely talented guy as well. I know after the pandemic, everybody had a massive, um, at least a massive pause on what was going on. And then now things are just kind of starting to, to really get back into shape. Do you find yourself in that space or were things different for you guys? The pandemic for us was a little different than other bands um, because most other bands in the pandemic happened, they were like, all right, it's time to hunker down and record an album boys. Like that's, that's what we got to do right now is write and record. And we were geared up to do that. But then we had another instrumentation change where we had three members leave right early into the pandemic. Um, Why did they leave? They realized that music was about to become harder and less lucrative. And there was a couple creative differences as well, but I really do think that it was just kind of like they saw the writing on the wall and what kind of uphill climb it was going to be for everybody in the industry. And we're like, I either want to do this with someone else, or I don't know if this is something that I want to do right now, or at least I want to wait for it to clear up. Um, One of them had kids, you know, he, he definitely wanted to raise some kids and the other two guys, like they just, 
with creative differences and other things that they saw that they'd be able to do where there was less risk involved and like there would be less again like they they definitely saw an uphill battle um, and decided to take their leave and I, again i respect them for it i absolutely respect them for it they had great leave reasons to want to 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 want to head out and do something else but we yeah, it had to be hard for you guys oh gosh yeah they're they're, they're some of my best friends in the world you know like just kind of exit stage left and you don't see them anymore and there's always feelings that are residual with that as well but you know we've done it enough at this point that at least personally i I know that those feelings fade with time and you know you can become better friends with those guys than ever when the tension of being in a band that you might not want to be isn't there Mm. um and like it it was definitely one of the harder ones was the one that happened at the pandemic because it was when we needed those guys the most solidarity yeah yeah, it it was when we needed them the most and suddenly we're a we're a a four-piece band down from a seven-piece band and we've got some building to do so the pandemic for us was a lot of that rebuilding where we we found the right guys pretty quickly actually um quicker than i thought and we had to get one of them moved up from florida uh our, our guitarist Rory Joseph was living in Jacksonville, Florida. So we you had to get move him. somebody from Florida, him and his family. Yeah. Um, that is, yeah, that's incredible. That's like, um, a real job. <laughs> like, oh man. It, it was a whole journey. Uh, he, he lived at my house with his family for a little while and then lived at Michael's house with his family for a little while. And now they have a place in Burnsville and, uh, and we're, we're making it work. Um, and then our bass player, uh, we honestly just thought of who was the best musician that knew all of our songs. And it was Matt Gornto, our producer. He had recorded those bass parts and he had produced those bass parts and mixed down every one of those songs to the point where they were all in his head already. So we, we hired him and he's a great guy too. They're both great guys. There was rebuilding involved because we were basically trying to get back to the level of tightness, which was palpable at the pandemic. We were, we were kicking and, uh, we were trying to kind of get back to that level of tightness and energy with our new instrumentation over the course of the pandemic, which was hard because we didn't have shows as much to test that, to test that sound on. Um, we'd have to do it through like live streams and through like just kind of playing in practice and recording it and stuff like that. Instead, I'm about to 
about time I yearn for something. A world revolved around chasing paper is a cause for concern. time this song was one of the it wasn't the first funky song that we wrote as a band but it came together very early on um i remember we were jamming at a friend's house in boone josh scott and he's actually uh he's the guy on the front of the creature album cover um by the way uh but he's he's a good buddy of ours in boone and he opened his house up to us to, to jam one time and we had been listening to a band called the Hornets, H-O-R-N-I-T-Z. And they're not around anymore, but they've re- they released a couple really, really awesome albums. And they're just a duo that played um, horns and then would loop themselves. And one would beatbox and like kind of process the beats and like put them together. And the other guy would play the piano. Um, and then they would play saxophone and trombone. And we were like, messing around and kind of figured out that hey funk can be fast let's play this fast and that horn line came came out through a jam just kind of naturally and was developed over years and years until you know in once we moved to Asheville we were able to put it together with drums and bass and and record it and that was also the last song that we recorded for fast and loose at the essentials it was the the most recent recording on that whole thing um, out of all all of those tunes and the words again jesse jesse wrote this one he's he's primarily the lyricist in the band when it comes down to it uh we we do work on words together sometimes but i i would say normally if he's singing it that's something that he came up with the lyrics uh definitely a jesse creation um basically boil down to uh if you're working you should be paid what you're worth and if you aren't you should leave (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and go do something where you where you feel fulfilled or where you're getting what you deserve. I think we all can identify with that. Uh, every single one of us in the band has done all kinds of jobs to still be able to keep our heads above water and keep this band going and be able to have the freedom to, to do what we want creatively um, while still living comfortably. Um, at least like, you know, as comfortable as we can, you know, we, we realize that we're musicians, so it's, it's not, not going to be the lavish life unless we get very, 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 very lucky. (laughs) Uh, but it's, 
you know, there's there's a line in there about, you know, wanting to get paid by the groove. Um, and that's definitely something that is our dream is we, we want our songs and our live performances to be something that can sustain us. And that can be like what we what we do when someone asks, what's your job? It's not like, well, you know, I play music and then I work in a warehouse and pack boxes for nine hours a day when I'm not doing that, you know, or yeah, I, I play in a band on weekends. And then when I'm not well, right now, what I do is I, I drive for a rideshare service here in Asheville. It's kind of like a homegrown Uber Lyft thing called AVL ride. And it's not glamorous, but first of all, I enjoy it. Uh, and second of all, like, you know, it, it definitely pays the bills and it's the most flexible job that I can keep while still doing the band thing. But, you know, I, even if we, if we were making enough from the band that I didn't need it, I'd probably still, still do it. Um, but overtime is, is for sure about, you know, not wanting to waste away in a menial job. It's scary, order, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. In, in order to, to keep your creative juices flowing in order to continue to do what you love. Um, I don't think that you should have to do one to do the other. Tell me about maybe, 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 maybe that song came together while we were in Asheville. Um, it's, it's not one of like the older legacy Dr. Bacon tunes. Um, that was definitely something that was channeling the sound of the local jam band scene and local kind of funky rock scene in Asheville. Um, like that there, when we moved to, when we moved, we definitely very quickly became acquainted with bands like the empire strikes brass and yo mama's big fat booty band. We had already heard of them. Um, and again, big something um, was, was another influence on us we're just like you know hey there's there's this this kind of carolina sound that we we maybe should should pay attention to and possibly tap into and it in terms of lyrics i think that the lyrics are just all about indecision uh like just i think that they are kind of about putting someone down about being indecisive just kind of like hey man you got to make up your mind uh type thing i didn't write them uh that's another jesse creation um in through looking looking at them and working through them and hearing them sing it i can definitely relate to the message of like you know it can be difficult to watch somebody like wager their decisions to the point where they're hurting themselves as opposed to just taking a jump and a leap of faith and and getting on with it like possibly you know whether you fail or succeed if you don't make that decision then it's gonna bite you
by Dr. Bacon. Coming up, we dive into one of their earlier songs, Music, My Soul. That's next on Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. You're listening to Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. I'm your host, Amanda Baki. If you're just tuning in, my guest is the Appalachian funky grass rock and roll six-piece from Asheville, North Carolina. I'm talking about none other than Dr. Bacon, I'm speaking with Miles Dunder, one of the original members. Tell me about Music My Soul. Oh, I love that song. Um, this one was one of the earlier ones we wrote in Boone, uh, definitely still while we were an acoustic group. The guitar lick from it 
that was something Jesse just started playing around the campfire. Um, and I think that he was influenced or going for hard time killing floor blues, specifically the Chris Thomas King version from a brother where art thou. And he would just play that lick again and again, and it sounded really good, just kind of on a loop. And um, that's one of the songs where we, we definitely wrote those words as a, as a duo um, or with other folks in the room as well. And the lyrics to Music My Soul are loosely based on an individual around Boone named Joshua Wataga, who he lived on the streets. Um, he would just kind of travel and sell poems that he wrote in order to sustain himself. He passed away around the time that we started the band. Um, people would always talk about, about things that they, they experienced with Josh and they would show us poems that he had written them and things like that. And the lyrics are kind of about a minimal lifestyle like his, where it's just, you know, you're, you're shaking off society, you're shaking off expectation and you're living by the most meager means you can. Um, there's lyrics in there like, uh, when I get thirsty, I catch rain in my mouth. When the cold creeps into my bones, I start moving south. Before I started walking on this endless road, the greed took my heart and the money my soul. I don't need no money, don't need no billfold, since the love fills my heart and the music my soul. Ain't smoking cigarettes, ain't smoking dope. Since I hit the bottom, I don't miss them no more. Yeah, 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 I don't miss them no more. And I get thirsty, gets raining. My mouth when the cold comes into my bones, and I start moving south. Yeah, he said, I start moving south.
That was Music, My Soul by Dr. Bacon. You can learn more about Dr. Bacon at drbaconband.com or on AppalachianVibes.net. A big thanks to Dr. Bacon for being my guest this week, and a special thanks to Pelmyra the Band for the intro music. Appalachian Vibes is listener-nominated. If you would like to nominate an artist, you can do so at AppalachianVibes.net, or you can just email me at AppalachianVibes at gmail.com. I'll see y'all next Saturday at 6 a.m. for the full hour of Appalachian Vibes from WNCW.